Well, good morning. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a little loud, right? <laughs> there you go. Is that okay? Is it too loud still? Okay. Still okay? Is that all right? Good. Well, good morning, everyone. Grace and peace. Good to see y'all today. Uh, man, the uh, stuff we're going to cover today, it's a, it's a uh, challenging passage. Um, it's a, uh, a passage that I think that we are supposed to live into all the time. Um, there are these three statements that Jesus makes. And we are in Mark chapter 14, 20-ish. Uh, someone will betray me. You will all fall away. You will disown me. Now, those are some, some, some statements, right? And I've often, I've often wondered what is the real difference between those three? I think that's a question to meditate on, right? Like, you're going to fall away. Is that an act of betrayal? Is an act of betrayal falling away? Is deny, what's the real difference between denying that you know Jesus and betraying him? I don't know if there's a real difference. So, we could talk about that today as we go through this. Jesus' uh, life is literally on the line. And so when we find ourselves in places where things are hard and challenging and difficult, our back is up against the wall, how do we act and respond? And I think that this passage gives us some clues on uh, the... the resources that Jesus called upon to getting through and the ways in which that we have the strength to actually overcome the difficult situation. And we're going to get to all that today. First, we're going to pray through Psalm 42 this morning. If you'll notice when you open to Psalm 42, it's probably a little, there's a little footnote um, that says that Historically, Psalm 42 and 43 were one psalm. Did y'all say that? It's like at the top, the beginning of the psalm. Like, is it footnoted with that? Know what it says? And, and one of the reasons I think that they think that is they, there could be some manuscript evidence, but there is a common uh, refrain that that finds itself both in Psalm 42 and 43, and it's this, why is my soul downcast? And uh, we'll see why that's important as we get through the passage in Mark today. So let's pray. Psalm 42. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the mighty one with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. 
Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in the hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, all your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go on about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen, Amen indeed. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, pick up uh, chapter 14 of Mark, beginning in verse 27. So this is the second of Jesus' uh, like chilling. I mean, it's a chilling thing to say to a group of people that you've been with for three plus years, one of you is going to betray me. It's like it takes it to a whole other level to say, you're all out. You're all going to, what is, God says, Jesus says in verse 27, you will all fall away. What else do you have? Desert me. Your faith shaken. Faith shaken? Interesting. Yeah. And then, as Jesus does, you know, one of the things I've noticed about this section is Jesus is not asking a lot of questions. Remember, that's the primary way in which the, Jesus being a rabbi teaches. I guess he's running out of time, right? And he's, he's really given these direct, and previously in the book, he does that, he, he's very direct, if you'll remember what he's, what he basically says, my life is going to end. Remember, I'm going to suffer and die and on the third day rise again. He does that three times. So he's not asking questions around those things. He's being very direct. But he never leaves his mode, right? Jesus being a master teacher rabbi always then takes passages from the Old Testament to help them eventually make sense of what's going on in him. You will all fall away, Jesus told them, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. All right, so everybody flip over to Zechariah 13, verse 7. It's towards the very end of the Old Testament. It's kind of hard to find because it's stuck back there within the minor prophets. All right. So, as Pastor Kurt and I have been teaching 
Uh, one of the things that you do whenever you see a New Testament writer quote the Old Testament, they're not just quoting, they're not just bringing to mind that verse. They're bringing to mind the context of uh, what's going on. And so on the surface it may seem, yeah, he's just talking about, he's just picking out this sentence and saying this is what's going to happen, but that's really, there's more going on. Verse 4, I'm going to start in uh, Zechariah 13. On that day every prophet will be ashamed of their prophetic vision. They will not put on a prophet's garment or hair in order to deceive Each will say, I'm not a prophet, I am a farmer. The land has been my livelihood since my youth. If someone asks, what are these wounds on your body? What else do y'all have there? What wounds do you have on your chest? What's that? On your back? What else do you have? Anything else? So we've got body, chest, and back. The the literal Hebrew, you could probably see this in your footnote, is the wounds between your hands. And I I guess this is, you know, you're trying to figure out what the idiom is. And I was talking to Joey, my 17-year-old, last night. And uh, I said, so what do you think that means, Joey? And so he was thinking, he said, your heart? And I think that's it. I think that's what at least Jesus is drawing. Because look what the next verse is. What are these wounds, let's say, on your heart? They will answer, the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. Ooh. Awake sword against my shepherd. Against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. And I will turn my hand Against the little ones. Hmm? Body. Body, yeah. Yeah. That I don't know. But I don't I don't think that's a what's going on in the context of Mark. You know, even in, in the Gospel of John, what does Jesus say to his disciples? I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. I think that's what Jesus is doing here. Is he, they're going to betray, he's going to be betrayed, he's going to be denied, and they're all going to fall away. And this is a painful, painful realization uh, to him. Thoughts, questions on that? All right, let's go back to Mark. I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, so this is at least the fourth time that Jesus has spoken to his disciples about the resurrection. I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Now remember, they are, they have just sung Psalm 118. That the, kind of remind you of the context. They, they're in the upper room. They've just finished the Passover meal. They would have concluded it by singing Psalm 118. And then they are walking to the garden. And it's on this walk. Jesus is not letting any time go to waste. But he's using this to instruct and to teach and to prepare the disciples for what is ahead. And then Peter, leader as he is... Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. 
Who's the all there? <laughs> Remember, just a few minutes, hour or so earlier, um, Mark doesn't talk about it, but the other gospel writers do. They are all having an argument about which one of them is the greatest. This is really, really important to them. Um, that they that they feel as if that they have risen above the rest of the group. Um, and so, I will not. Because I'm the greatest. It's another way Peter is saying. Uh, Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, here's the third one. You yourself will disown me three times. Alright, so I've made this point that these three, three statements that Jesus made, someone will betray me, you will all fall away, and you yourself to Peter will uh, deny that you know me. So rank those. I'm making the case that they're very similar. How do you think they're different? How do you think they're the same? What do you think? Same. Hmm? Same. So Gary is making the argument that it's the same. What else? To be disowned seems worse. Worse than betrayal and worse than... Wow, that's interesting. Because you can betray somebody and that's one level of rejection. But to disown is a complete, total wiping away yeah. relationship. And betrayal is almost admitting they they were powerful enough to need the training. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. That's good. Disowning, you're saying, I never knew it at all. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Good, good thoughts. For me, I consider to fall away again goes back to your losing faith. You're not your faith is weakened. Yes. You believe. Right. Yeah, now, certainly, we're supposed to, the reason this, this story is here, uh, is that you and I, reading it all these years later, we're supposed to find ourselves in the story. It's supposed to do something in us as we ponder and reflect on this and where we're at in our relationship with Jesus when things challenging and difficult arise. How do we react and respond? Um, and so, yeah, this is, this is really, really interesting. Um, Kurt does a good job of reminding us of this. Peter denies he knew, knew Jesus how many times? Three times. And uh, Kurt's contention is, is this is equivalent to a divorce. Because that's what you had to do. You had to say three times, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. And so how, really, it just makes you do a lot of reflecting on Peter's life. He is way up here in his own mind in this moment that there's nothing that can happen that can keep me from you. And then one arrest later, he's bailing out. He's like, I don't want anything to do with him. But he's close. It's interesting. Yes, Tom? Uh, just, when I saw Paul White, it reminded me when, when, when Peter 
Peter's in the boat, and he calls out to Jesus, you know, tell me to come to you. And as long as his eyes are on Jesus, he's able to walk through the water too. As soon as he looks down, That's right. he begins to fall. That's right. It's not just in this in this case, it's not just Peter falling. You're all going to fall because you're going to look away from me. And as soon as you look away from me, that faith is going to yeah. fail. So the question for us then, and I think the challenging thing for all of us is to, you know, to ponder what makes us look away. Like what circumstances and situations in our lives arise that it's like Jesus is no longer enough, no longer trustworthy. I really got to take matters into my own hands. One of the roles, and this is lost in you know history and in, and we don't we don't get it because we're not first century Jewish disciples. Possibly the primary role of those disciples was to protect their rabbi. And they just, Jesus is like, you're all going to leave. What's fixing to happen? You, it's like they don't have, they did, they, they were not listening. Shema, Peter, right? That's what Peter's name, uh, Simon means is to, to hear. They're, they were not hearing what Jesus was saying. And the hearing is what, hearing in the faith is what allows you to stay seeing with your eyes and say, ah, I'm out. That's what causes you to lose faith. So that's what's happening uh, here. Yes. What's your opinion? Because the word rooster crows talk twice. A lot of versions refer to that as cock crows referring to the Roman shift change evil that was called the cop. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't, didn't dig into that for, for this study, but I wouldn't doubt that that's what, what it's talking about. Whatever it is, is Peter would have been completely aware of what Jesus meant by the rooster crowing twice. All right. On the parable of the sower, the same language as you. That's right. Very good. That's right. That's right. So, come on. Really good, Giles. Excellent. Yeah, pulling back something we've already learned, and then the the disciples are actually their faith is going to be they're going to fall away because uh, of the persecution. That's good. All right. Peter comes back. He retorts. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you. So it's like it's not like he, Peter is just being willy-nilly here. He's like, I'm going all the way. And I believe Peter, Peter believes that Peter will do this. He will go all the way. I just don't think he believes that it's going to actually happen. I will never disown you. And here's the... Here's another chilling, and all the others said the same. So Peter and Judas get the brunt of the criticism, right? But they're all complicit. Just like they were, you know, whenever Jesus talked to, uh, in, in the previous passage, who, who did he say would be the one that betrayed him? The one that dipped the bread in the cup with him, right? Well, who did that that night? All of them, yeah. 
So I think that's what's being connected here. All right. So, so they're heading east out of Jerusalem, going down the Kidron Valley, and then back up um, the eastern side uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane. And um, this is a white place of a of a uh, olive. It's olive uh, grove and. Um, Gethsemane, I believe, something that means crushed, because that's where the the olive press was. So it's like this place where Jesus is going to experiencing experiencing crushing of spirit. Um, that is where they go. All right. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, "Sit here while I pray." He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. All right, what else you got there? Crushed and grieved to the point of death. Okay. Anything else? This is Psalm 42 and 43. Um, the uh, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Why? What, what were those? Uh... Oh yeah. Put back over. Yeah. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? It would have been nice if our Greek translations would have just helped us out a little bit more to make this connection. Back to Psalm 42 and 43. And so, just like with the other passage in Zechariah, um, the phrase there does not end with the phrase. It doesn't just end. Why are you so downcast and disturbed within me? It always goes to resolution. And so that's that's one of the the mechanisms or resources that Jesus drew upon during these difficult days. I mean, we know on the cross that he's quoting the Psalms left and right, right? My Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? And so it's all the way through this is that he is drawing back on the Psalms, these ancient prayers to sustain him through this very very difficult time. So when your soul is downcast, what do you do? Put your hope in, the, in God and praise Him. Whoa. That just seems a little bit off, doesn't it? It seems to be minimizing what you're going through. But not with Jesus. It was good enough for Him, right? What are your thoughts, questions on that? If you'll flip over to Psalm 43, just so you know where it is. It's verse 5. There's the, the fourth in those two Psalms. So that, there's the fourth quotation of why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him. So He said to them, stay here and keep watch. He's depending upon the Psalms and the way that the Psalms direct Him in the midst of His anguish. 
And he's dependent on his friends to be close. That are fixing to run away. Go ahead. So, looking at Psalm 43, it basically describes what he's going through. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Just like with Psalm 22, uh, when you read the, the the total of Psalm 22, it is like it's everything Jesus is going through on the cross, and we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, good point, Aaron. Very good point. All right, are we good? Any questions? We moving okay? All right. So one of the things that, and I think I said this a couple of weeks ago and during service, is that one of the things that many of you will ask when one of your friends or someone you love is going through a difficult time, that you just want to do something, right? Especially us guys, we want to do something to make it better. And more, more often than not, the best thing that you can do is show up. And just be there. Right? So Tom had a, Tom's sister went through a terrible, terrible thing, uh, this past weekend. And, uh, Tom could tell you the story, but one of the things that I appreciate about Tom is that Tom goes and shows up when his sister is going through a very difficult thing. I mean, he had, he, he junked his schedule and he just showed up. Now, did he do a whole lot to help the situation? Nope. But he showed up. And maybe it's good to show up and stay awake because the disciples fall asleep. And why they're falling asleep, I don't, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, long day, I don't know, but man. Yeah, yeah, just blind. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's good, good job, y'all. Exactly. They're not, they're not able to figure out all that's going on or they don't want to believe it. It's, it's bad. All right, going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. So just look at that for a second. What is the essence of Jesus' prayer? What does he really want? God's will to be done. Yeah? What does he really want? Let's just be honest. Like, take this cup from me. I think Jesus provides for us a uh, a good model for or a good yeah a good way to pray here that we can be very bold in what we ask God for yes okay now, everybody's asleep he's there by himself how are these words recorded how are these words recorded 
I don't know. I don't know. Maybe during the 40 days he was hanging out. I said, hey, you remember in the garden? This is what went on while y'all were over there asleep. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. That's a great, great question. All right. Well, that's because, yeah, we'll get to that maybe today. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, Mark seems to be part of this story for sure. All right. Very important prayer, like by kingdom come, thy will be done. Mm-hmm. Going through Caroline's stuff a couple of years ago, it was like, we can't do anything to change this. Like, you have to fall on God's will. You have to trust. Like, I always joke, like, humans have plans, and God has a plan. That's right. You have to trust that God's will is best over the you know, course of eternity. It might suffer. Mm-hmm. But that's what faith is. And so I think, yeah, taught them how to pray that way when life was a little bit easier. Yep. And again, when life is absolutely terrible. Oh, well, that's really good. So, over... 1027? 1027, he would have added that. Is that what you're looking for, Giles? Oh no no no! What 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 are you thinking? I'm sorry, I got ahead of you. Oh yeah, right, yeah, yeah. 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 So this is cr- like treating God like a wishing well. That's right. That's right. So, you, so there's really three dynamics I think that are going on here in, in the prayer. Uh, number one, everything is possible for you. All right, stop. Is that your narrative? Is that the narrative? Is that the story that you carry around in your head and your heart about God? That with God everything is possible. All right. That's true, okay? Second thing, name your desire. Jesus' desire that he named was, take this cup from me. I don't want to die. Good desire? <laughs> well, feels like it. It would feel right. But then the third dynamic, yet not what I will, but what you will. And see, if you don't have all of them, it breaks down. Because if you name the desire and you hold to the fact that everything is possible for God and then God says no, it presents a big problem. But guess what? He said to Jesus, no. So this is, I think this is like a huge, huge help. What do you do when God, who you believe can do all things, says no? What do you do? Jesus moved forward. He showed up. He moved forward. He continued to pursue the will of his Father. I've always looked at this as kind of, a, if you will, the final one of the final conflicts of man versus God, as in Jesus. It's God, and then it's the man saying, "Take this cup from." Yeah. And then it's Jesus taking over again, saying, "But not what I will; it's what you will." Mm, 
That's a good, good, good way to think about it. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Notice how he singles Peter out. There's two other people there too, right? James and John. Because Peter's the one that's been running his mouth, right? Uh, Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Speaking directly to Peter's condition of weak flesh. And so Jesus is giving us, giving us an example of how to keep our flesh strong, how to keep our spirit strong, right? That we, that we pray with those three dynamics at play, right? And we keep moving forward regardless of the answer. It's like, pray, uh, pray with all your might. But you surrender the outcomes to God. Once more, he went and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping. Because their eyes were heavy. There you go, guys. Their eyes were not noticing what was going on. Be another way to put that. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping? And resting, it's a rough translation. Um, it's really more along the lines, just go ahead and sleep all you want. That's really the better, the better translation. Uh, just stay asleep, is what he's saying. Enough. The hour has come. Look. There's, so they're getting back to their eyes again. Look. The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. It's almost like, okay, you hear this. They were worried about the betrayal, right? The last, the last uh, passage, they were worried about it. Surely not I, Lord. And so it seems like that this would be a, an opportunity for them to stand up and take care of this before it happens. But it's like it all, it all happens way too fast. It's almost like that they're so groggy from the sleep that they're not able to react and to respond. Did nobody look up and like, wait, where'd you go? Like, I feel like they had a very easy opportunity to realize that the betrayal was coming. Yeah. Not just these three, but the other eight with. Right. Yeah, again, I think it's just dull eyes, and they're just not able to see what's going on, because in the other Gospels, um, in the other Gospels, it says that once that, that uh, when, when they were in the upper room, once uh, Judas... Kind of, once Judas made it revealed, Jesus revealed it to Judas that it, it was going to be you. He left the room. He told him to go. Right, go and do what you do. You must do quickly. And the disciples, they just forgot the comment about betrayal, and they thought, oh, he's going to go buy some food for the poor. I think that's what it is. 
which is just odd. Uh, and maybe that's what, that, maybe that was normal for Judas to go buy food for the poor, I guess. Uh, but it was just so, he said it, but it was so out, out, outside of their realm that anybody in the group would actually do it. They're just like, ah. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the first time that Jesus said something that completely confounded them. Right, and so this would not. This would be the same thing, I think. Well, pretty quickly, turn the attention back to them, and you're going to betray me too. Yes. All of them are thinking, well, all of a sudden, forget Judas. I'm going to betray. What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a mess. I wonder too if they were by this point they're on a mental and sensory overload. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the whole Passover experience that they have sure. the same way their entire life, they knew word for word. He's gone off script. Yep. We're turning everything around. They're in a room that's full of people. I mean, just the whole thing is just a, a bizarre experience. I just wonder if some of it they're not fully processing what's going on. That's a, I think that's a great point. Great point. Is there anything in the Hebrew words there uh, look and then rise? I think so what's the opposite of sleeping? It's like open your eyes, right? I think he I think he's being almost snarky. It's like sleep all you want. Look, rise, let's go. It's like it's just it's a uh, very snarky. So All right, brothers, that's what I want you to carry with you. When is the last time you prayed a prayer that God said no on? And as you're able to bring that uh, request to mind, how did you do? With continuing to pursue the will of God. And know that no does not mean God does not care. God is not disconnected from you. Um, I was thinking about playing when y'all were coming in this morning. Uh, remember that uh, old Garth Brooks song? Some of God's greatest gifts are all too often unanswered prayers. Well, for the world, the greatest unanswered prayer saved us. Right. And if that was for the Son of God, uh, Jesus Himself, man, I just feel like that this work of us doing the work, maintaining faith, maintaining trust, maintaining an unwavering commitment to do the will of God regardless of our desire. Sometimes our desires are spot on, but other times they're not. Um, there's something to be said about trusting God through it all. And that immense, immense good has come out of Jesus saying yes. And immense good will continue to, to come out of us when we say, not mine, but yours be done. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. And we thank you for your Son, our Savior and Lord. 
we pray that our faith, that you can move mountains, that you can do exceedingly more in and through us than we could possibly imagine, will grow and remain steady. And Lord, whenever we pray and we and you say no, I pray that you will give us the courage to continue to move forward with you, trusting that you will bring even greater good out of the no than you would the yes. It's hard to see that sometimes, Lord. But Lord, unlock the disciples, open our eyes, and help us see. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Grace and peace. Have a good rest of the week. Yes,